All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, December 28th of 2022, final days of 2022 here. Looking ahead to 2023 myself. I hope you all are as well. Uh, tonight, we got a five-game NHL slate as well as an eight-game NBA slate. Should be a fun night tonight. Another medium-sized slate here uh, for NBA. So looking ahead to that. Uh, no questions to get us going here. So maybe we'll do like a little slate preview, something like that. To get us started, should be fun. Uh, for those of you who are new here, my name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at Sabersim. This is a show where we go over how to use the Sabersim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not joined up in the Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. As always, a lot of good conversations happening over there every single day. We have a lot of information about when Sims run and injury news and things like that. Uh, try to make that all accessible in the Discord. So highly recommend joining up as always. Always, uh, if you are just tuning in and have questions, uh, throw them in the YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show. I promise you guys that. But with that being said, you know, like I said, no questions to get us started here. If you have questions, great time to throw them in here. Uh, I figured we could just do a little slate preview for today and kind of go from there. And, you know, a lot of questions about, you know, test builds and research builds and how to apply them. I thought, uh, you know, with the extra time today, we could just uh, do something along those lines and uh, figure out, you know, what we think of the slate, right? So I'm going to jump right into that. And as questions come in, uh, we will circle back to any questions. But first, right off the bat, you know, going to log in here, uh, eight game slate, and just, just make some notes of that, right? I think the most important thing is to come over to our trusty basketball monster news dashboard that is completely free and see what the injury situation we got going on is uh, a lot of questionables you know right off the bat um i usually like to, to to work my way from from latest start time to earliest start time just because you know at lock like this news down here at the bottom won't probably be out but you know anything that is like at lock we're gonna know before lock happens so uh, Saberson will be able to take that information and adjust accordingly, but it, we will not have the ability to do that uh, for these later games, right? So later games uh, tend to be a little more interesting. So Sabonis dealing with that broken thumb uh, did not play yesterday. Alex Lynn did play in his um, absence. Uh, not sure how he did actually. So let's go over, you know, and go see how Alex Lynn did here. Uh, Going to pull up. Our, our popcorn machine and, and uh, go over to this Sacramento game from yesterday, which is right here. So Alex land starting min price yesterday, uh, late news uh, only played 13 minutes. Yikes. Looks like Rishon Holmes ended up playing a little more. So um, that's definitely something to note. I think, I think the most important thing is like, you know, kind of where did the extra minutes go, right? Who got a lot of extra minutes? Um, so so I would probably look into some guys like uh, Malik Monk usually plays about like 25-ish minutes. Trey Lyles, kind of interesting. Not somebody that uh, pops right off the bat to me as, as having played a lot of minutes here in the past. 
Uh, Holmes definitely, uh, you know, coming off the bench, but playing more than Len. Uh, nothing really special with Davon Mitchell here. So I'm just going to pop back over here and go and find some of these guys. Uh, Trey Lyles at 4000 Okay. Uh, Holmes looks like he got priced up and Len got priced up as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure. We can just shop back to yesterday to see what the pricing was. But just, just some things to note here. Uh, trying to get like a feel for the slate, right? So, yeah. Looks like Len got priced up. Looks like Lyles got priced up. Looks like Holmes got priced up as well. So uh, definitely have noticed that the sites, especially FanDuel, have been a lot more proactive in adjusting salaries as uh, news is 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 happening, right? So pretty quick of them to, you know, make these uh, 700-ish salary increases right off the bat. So not – not somewhere like I'm I'm loving to look for value. I uh, would probably like to look for value elsewhere, but we'll definitely uh, be keeping my eye on Sabonis today. And then um, Michael Porter has been playing on a on a minutes limit since he's been back. So uh, we'll we'll see if that continues to happen. That's somebody that I'll check on. Uh, Aaron Gordon did not play yesterday, right? Who started in his absence? Bruce Brown, and then Bruce Brown gets hurt, right? So kind of, kind of a crappy situation. You know, Gordon goes down. You know, Bruce Brown gets extra minutes if you got to Bruce Brown somehow, and then he gets hurt, right? So, so pretty, pretty weird situation there. I think Bones Highland ended up getting extra minutes in that situation, right? Um, oh, actually, Bruce Brown didn't start. Who started? Uh, Zeke Naji. Oh, I, I actually missed that. But pretty, pretty strange to me. But yeah, this is another situation, kind of interesting. Um, you know, where did the Bruce Brown minutes go? Who got those? Vlatko Kankar got a lot of minutes and played like a lot in the second half of the game here. I mean, seven point game, kind of all the way to the end. Um, should be kind of interesting. I'm just like not saying these guys are good or bad plays, but uh want to kind of keep my eye on them for sure i mean 3700 you know min price is 3500 so uh can card pretty cheap here so is christian braun i just saw that jamal murray is doubtful with rest so so that takes away you know murray at 37 minutes um we'll see if aaron gordon plays we'll see if bruce brown plays We'll see if Michael Porter plays, but this this team is definitely somebody I will be watching throughout the rest of the day to see if anything comes out before lock. Uh, could be like a huge value Denver slate. We we never know, right? So a lot of potential injuries here uh, later game in the evening. So definitely something to be keeping my eye on there. Uh, looks like no clay today. You know, still no Wiggins, still no Curry. Um, maybe... Jonathan Kaminga starts. I think he's been getting priced up. So, you know, 4,500, not the worst, you know, out of 6.28 value already. Looks like we are expecting him to start. And we are already marking Clay Thompson as doubtful. Uh, that all seems correct to me. And uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to get to a lot of Kaminga. But, you know, his ownership is already kind of reflecting some of that value there. Um 
I'm gonna I'm just gonna do this injury deep dive and then jump over and answer a question from Gilliman. But I'm gonna finish this here. Uh, Kyle Anderson has like been out, might come back. Uh, team seems to be doing pretty fine without him. I think everyone is probably priced appropriately at this point. Um, Jimmy Butler and Bam definitely keeping my eye on them. Uh, they did not play in the Miami Heat uh, last game or or one of their recent games, and so you know, I think uh, I think Jovich started right, and then Jovich did not end up playing that much here and then um orlando robinson played a lot off the bench and actually had a decent game so so the way they decide to like uh do their starting rotation and and who ends up getting the minutes is is a little interesting so uh definitely be a little cautious with the heat if those guys end up sitting again um you know kind of get an idea so like how the Heat do things. I think, you know, different coaches do things different ways. Um, so interesting situation again with the Heat there. What else we got? LeBron might sit, right? That'll be a big one. Um, you know, who runs who runs the team? Schroeder, uh, Westbrook in his absence. Uh, Trey Young, I saw he went to the locker room early. Not sure if he ended up finishing the game or not. I think it's interesting. Um when guys like don't finish the game. So looks like Trey played the entire game. There was a period where he went to the locker room, probably in the second quarter, came back and, and played a ton. So we'll see if he ends up sitting or not. Um, maybe, you know, maybe DeJounte Murray gets, gets to uh, run the offense there. So that should be interesting. But yeah, I mean, I think as far as like questionables of oh, Bogdanovich, uh, Hunter sat yesterday. Bogdanovich started in his absence. Um, you know, what happens if Bogdanovich sits? Pretty sure somebody like Griffin should start, right? So, you know, kind of looking at like who is kind of coming uh first off the bench or and slash or getting the most minutes, right? Uh holiday, you know, first off the bench, only ended up playing eight minutes. Uh Griffin over here in the most minutes off the bench. So possibly he starts in his absence. Uh, these are just things that like, I'm like looking at trying to work through, especially for games that don't start at lock. Right. That's why, like I start down here at the bottom, kind of work my way up, uh, trying to get a sense of, you know, who is, who's going to play if so-and-so is out that way I could kind of understand the slate better. Right. I think this is something that we talked about yesterday with, you know, one of Naj's questions, you know, uh, Naj, think I'm I'm new to NBA. You know how do I get a feel for the slate? Uh, best way to me is to come in here. You know, run a research build, run a test build. I am somebody who you know likes to go a little deeper and uh, understand the slate in a little different sense. Um, this is how I do it, right? Diving through the injuries. Uh, if Biombo sits, I don't think it's a big deal. You know, Landale already started yesterday. Uh, alongside Aiton, uh, Bradley Beal sitting would probably be a little bit of an interesting situation. We would have to see, but I'm not really worried about these games that like start at lock. And then I think one thing, one other thing you could do is just uncheck this box, come over here and see all the players that are out, right? Looks like campaign is out again. Shaman is out again. Cam Johnson's out again. Devin Booker is out again. Uh, we saw Dwayne Washington just absolutely kill the slate yesterday. And I 
assume that there's going to be a lot of recency bias uh, with him. And I think his ownership is going to be really high. It was already like 13% yesterday and like the $4 20 max from what I saw. So I would imagine that he ends up coming in a lot higher owned here. Um, maybe you see some injury, some recency bias with uh, TJ Warren, somebody else who had like a really good game with Joe Harris out two days ago. I think Seth Curry was out in that game. So with Seth Curry back should be interesting to see uh, how that rotation works there. Does, you know, Curry get the minutes? Do they keep riding Warren? Uh, definitely an interesting spot there. Drew Holiday is out today. He has been playing. Uh, Middleton has been out multiple games. Um, not sure, you know, if we're going to see like Javon Carter or, or whoever there. So just just different things I'm noting and, and making notes of. But I think as far as like an injury analysis, you know, that is kind of what I'm doing on like a day-to-day basis. And then from there, figuring out what I want to go and look into, uh, what spots do I not fully understand, and how can I learn them better, right? So that's kind of like, a more uh, in-depth injury analysis. And uh, I'm going to jump over here, tackle this question from Gilliman. And then if there is nothing else after that, we will continue to, to, to do our slate preview here. All right. Gilliman going to get this in the chat. Question says, Andrew, I wonder if you can go over the best way to use the new beta late swap. Last night I was trying my best to explain to Matt about the pool of lineups being shaded out that I would consider actually using. I got a tip about using the lock button with the exposures being shaded as well on players. You may want to use what's the best approach I'm watching so I can respond if unclear what I'm asking. Okay. No, I do understand what you're asking. Um, we can't re-simulate the shaded players at the moment just because we're not in the middle of a slate. But, uh, you know, what Gilliman is, is referring to is we are um, building out a new feature with late swap pools. We have talked about it a lot on the show. Uh, the ability to, you know, when you do a late swap, not only rebuild every lineup one time, build a pool of lineups and be able to still apply minimax exposures, apply min uniques, et cetera, right? Going to be a really cool feature One once it is uh, fully complete. We do have a testing environment for it at uh, beta.late beta.saversim.com. It's kind of like a user your own risk. Uh, be really careful using it really close to start times. You know, if you're swapping for this 430 start, like I would not use it at 425, you know, might run into some issues. Uh, if anybody does use it and run into issues, we please ask that you guys use this report a problem so we can figure out uh, the kinks in it and get all of those worked out so we can push it to the production site for, for everybody to use, right? That's beta late swap in a nutshell. Um, if you are late swapping, right? Um, maybe, maybe I could demo this. Hold on. I want to see. I want to see if I could go into an old late swap and see if it's still grayed out or not. So, so basically, when the players are grayed out, that usually means they've already locked. That's why we are not allowing you to uh, adjust their min and max exposures. So, not really sure why, but it sounds like you know you were trying to adjust players that hadn't started yet, right? So that is where it gets a little tricky. Okay, so I just logged in, um, and I do not see the ability to adjust minimax exposures now that the slate is already gone. So it doesn't look like it will be able to demo it, but 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 that's my understanding. So so Gilliman, you know, if I'm if I'm 
misunderstanding you, please let me know. But it sounds like, you know, you were trying to adjust the minimax exposures of players, but they were grayed out and only other players were like, uh, like the white lines like this. I think, I think one thing that you can do, if we go over to FanDuel, uh, for NFL, okay. It should look like this, right? If, if, if you guys are able to see it, you know, I cannot adjust this minimax exposure no matter what I do, right? The environment does not work. It's it's related to the way FanDuel ha handles player IDs, but we but in in beta late swap when a player is locked, the minimax exposure fields so, should look exactly like this. And as opposed to um when it's white and editable like this. You know, I can come in here and I can change these values, right? So it sounds like that's what you're talking about um you did throw in a yes in the Discord. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe like the game had locked and you thought it hadn't, but only the players that are still left to play. You know, if we're we're doing a lock before the seven o'clock start, uh, all these players that are in your lineup from four to five start times will be grayed out, and then only the players that are left to start for the seven p.m. will be white. I think uh, using beta late swap. Couple notes. As the night goes on, there's going to be less available lineups to swap you to. So the number of lineups that you request, we might not reach that, right? And I think there's like a, a disclaimer on there that says, you know, might not reach requested number of lineups. Like due to player availability, due to um, minimax salary, due to players already locking, right? So I think that's kind of normal. You know, you're, you're doing a swap, excuse me, of 150 lineups. Uh, sometimes it, you know, you're doing a, a swap after these first two games start, uh, it might build beyond 5,000 lineups. That is something, you know, that came up in the support channel yesterday that I responded to. Uh, we, we, we are allowing the late swap pools to build beyond, um, 5,000 lineups. Like if you're on the pro plan to, to make sure that every, uh, lineup, you know, gets rebuilt a certain number of times and, and is, is good to use. Um, okay. Question follow up here from Gilliman said no it hadn't locked um just wasn't the lineups that Sabersim wanted to let me use so okay so it it can definitely um so what i'll say is that you know i'm not sure if like you were increasing min uniques or or minimax exposures i say like late swap pools give you more flexibility but it's not going to be as flexible as like a pre slate lock build unfortunately um but you should be able to adjust it somewhat right uh you're not going to be able to make you know tens of of changes but you are going to be able to make like the most important ones to you so like that's kind of how i would recommend using it is make like the most important changes to you i'll say that one thing that i've noticed is that um as the night goes on and and if i'm using it i usually get to less and less min uniques as the night goes on like I might do a pre lock build and get like four min uniques. And then, you know, I might do like another one in uh, a late swap and get three min uniques as the night goes on, you know, I might only get down to two or one. Uh, I I'm kind of okay with that mostly because, you know, as the night goes on, right. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to capitalize on late breaking news and I'm trying to get to some of the best value plays that are opening up. Right. So I don't want to, uh, force in so many min uniques that like say um 
I don't know. What's a good one here? Say that, uh, say that like the entire Denver team ends up sitting right. And then it's just like all of these other guys that we talked about uh, starting. Um, I want to get to as many of them as possible. Right. And increasing your min uniques late in the slate can reduce the number of lineups with some of the best value plays that open up. So I would be like a little um, more willing to let my min uniques go down as more and more of my players have started. You know, I think like if you only have a handful of players starting at lock, uh, yeah, I would try and I would try and keep some of those that min unique number higher for the next time I swap. But you know, I think if you go into a build and, and like your your top five to ten exposures are are mostly grayed out, right? I think at that point, uh, there's your lineups probably have a large number of the min uniques locked. And at this point, I'm not trying to force it anymore. I'm just trying to get to more of the best plays at that point in the night and capitalize on the late swap value. So, uh, Gilliman, it sounds like, you know, the lineups that you wanted to use uh, weren't fitting the parameters. I don't know if you were uh, using minimax exposures a lot or or min uniques. I would say, like, if, if there's a lineup that you want to use that you can't get to, uh, try and walk back a previous change that you made. And that's going to be a trade-off that you have to make. You know, maybe you have three min unique set, but you're missing a lineup. And then when you try and include it in the set, it's not fitting properly. Uh, you might have to decrease your min unique value down in order to get to that lineup. And that's like a trade-off that you're going to have to make at times, or maybe, you know, uh, undo a, a min or max exposure. Uh, lay thought pulls are great. Uh, definitely way, way more flexible than rebuilding every lineup once. Uh, not going to be as flexible as a pre-build, uh, a pre-slate lock build, unfortunately, but definitely an improvement. So, um, so, so Gilliman said, I had no min uniques, uh, no min max. I appreciate it though. Uh, if you feel like something was wrong, you know, something wasn't working, uh, that's totally possible, right? It is still in beta, uh, you know, if you still have the the build, you know, on your account, like if you go back to yesterday and the build is still there, just shoot us a report of problem and just say, you know, um, was having trouble uh, getting the late swap lineups I wanted. And as long as the build is still there, you know, you didn't get rid of it. Uh, the team can can use that information to go in and figure out what was going wrong. Like, there is definitely still an opportunity for there to be bugs right now. So I would recommend doing that for us. That'll help us out a lot. And um, just give us as much context about what was going on as you can. And that'll help us out a lot. But happy to discuss that any further if needed. All right. So still no more questions. Uh, you know, was looking forward to the show today as always. So going to stay on, going to continue our little slate preview we did. So definitely uh, kind of understand the slate better with uh, injury dynamics and how that can open up throughout the night. Now what I'm going to do, I'm just going to come in here and run a test build, right? I'm going to build for like the biggest contest that I'm probably playing, probably like the piggy bank on FanDuel, the five cent, 150 max, you know, um, check out the sliders real quick. I'm going to, I'm on the pro plan. So I'm going to build as many lineups as I can here and just get, an idea of, of uh, what the slate looks like. Aaron asked a good question. When's the next behind the Sims? Uh, that is a good question. Probably after the new year. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people on the team are enjoying time with uh, family and friends for the, for the holiday. So probably next behind the Sims will be 
in 2023. Should be a good one. Uh, looking forward to it myself. But good question there. So, all right. Our lineups are just about finishing up here. And then we are going to go and see who Sabersim likes and does not like with correlation and ownership fade taken into account. I'm going to open this up to the max number of lineups here. And I'm going to look at a couple things. Going to look at our leverage plays. So Jonathan Kaminga, um, you know, ownership is going up already. I think we saw it at 19% uh, a little bit earlier. Ownership has already jumped up to 30% with the Clay Thompson news. Wouldn't be surprised if this gets even higher, right? We've seen him, you know, uh, 40, 50, 60% owned. So right now we're getting leverage. Uh, you know, he seems like a really good play on the slate um, based on, you know, what we've seen so far. Wouldn't be surprised if his ownership continues to climb throughout the day. Uh, all right. Who else are we liking here? Liking Killian Hayes, liking Isaiah. A lot of Detroit guys, right? So, you know, really interesting that we really like four Detroit guys. Uh, definitely something that I'm going to note and and go look into. You know, why are we getting to so much Detroit? All these guys are within the five to 6,000 6, salary range, um, you know, in this in this five value range here. So, Definitely Detroit is something I'm going to note here. All right. Bad uh, negative leverage plays, I'll say. TJ Warren, you know, we're not buying into the hype, apparently. Uh, had a really good game in his last game. 19% ownership. It's going to reflect that recency bias probably. Uh, Seth Curry is back. Saberson was saying, nope, don't play him. It was a it was a one-time thing. Uh, Seth Curry is going to come back and take some of those minutes. Uh, I, I tend to agree there. So, so kind of okay with this. And then um, some negative leverage. Interesting, we like a bunch of Detroit plays. And then we don't like Bogdanovich, right? So definitely goes back to our uh, looking into Detroit, figuring out what is going on there. So as far as high ownership plays, uh, we are okay with Jordan Poole here. Um, pretty even with, okay, I think we're going to, I think we're expecting Connaughton to play with Drew Holiday out. So we saw Drew Holiday was out. I wasn't particularly sure how that was going to work out. Looks like Connaughton is expected to play in his absence. Um, makes some sense. I saw Connaughton started on the Christmas slate the other day. So so some of these things start to make sense, right? Like, oh, you know, why why is Connaughton 43% owned? Oh, we saw Drew Holiday was out, right? Uh, why why is why are we seeing so much coming? Oh, Clay Thompson was out, right? You can start to put the pieces together, but then this also helps you identify like wait, why is this guy high-owned? Nothing looks different. Like, everything looks the same. Like, sometimes you're going to see really well-priced slates where there's not a lot of value, where everybody just ends up playing this uh, one random guy, or not random, but like a a regular guy who, who the situation has not changed at all. But just because, like, they need point per dollar value, right? And that's what like a traditional optimizer is going to do. It's going to find like the best point per dollar plays and, you know, try and pack in as much value as you can. So you get these like lower value guys at really high rates. And like that, those are the situations that we're trying to kind of identify, trying to kind of stay away from, right? But I think so far, everything kind of matches up with uh, what we are seeing on the injury report. So Gonna gonna make some notes here of you know some of these highest exposed guys, some of these highest highest leverage plays. I'm really interested to come over here and um, 
run a test, run, run a research build now with ownership fade and um, correlation taken off. But, you know, Cade Cunningham is, I'm pretty sure he's done for the season. Um, not sure how much, I don't, I don't remember the last time Livers played and Bagley. So like, these are probably three things that I would look into, like see how they've been like regulars in the lineup. I'm pretty sure they haven't been, but definitely worth looking into. Okay. So now we're going to go and run a research build. Uh, I'm going to do the 009 build because that's what I like to do on larger slates. Talked about that yesterday. If anybody, you know, wants to hear about that, we talked about that yesterday, a 009 versus a 0010 on like a large classic slate, as opposed to either a small classic slate or like a showdown or something like that. Think it has some merit. All right. So this is finishing up here. And then we are going to look at what the highest leverage plays are here. Look at the highest ownership plays, kind of compare that to our test build, right? So we're going to open this up 5,000 lineups and still really like Kaminga. Um, you know, still going to watch his ownership throughout the day. Still like pool, still like Connaughton, still like Giannis. Um, all that makes sense to me, right? Uh, going to look at ownership here. Um, nothing looks strange. Still under on Bogdanovich. Uh, interested to see when we start by leverage. Still, you know, very, very in tune with what we're seeing with positive leverage on the other Detroit plays that are not named Bogdanovich. Um, pr- pretty, pretty, pretty strange situation there. Not, not really sure why he is such a bad play. And all these other guys are good plays but um, definitely worth looking into more. So think, you know, our test build and our research build are pretty in line. You know, when we take uh, correlation and ownership fade off, still seeing a lot of similar plays that SaberSim, like, like, you know, our highest exposed plays, our highest leverage plays, still seeing those guys at a very high rate. So nothing that is like immediately jumping out to me as like, a uh, red flag or somebody where I might want to exercise uh, some more risk risk management, but definitely okay here. Um, so so yeah, I think I think you know this is how I would get a feel for the slate. Uh, check injury news, run a research build, run a test build. I think that should give you like a really good starting point for uh, diving into your MBA process. But got a question here from William Larson. Can you touch on best way to use reporter problem or maybe behind the scenes, how it works? Is it best to do while the build is open? Just heard you talk about going back to the build Gilliman had and also saw it mentioned in chat. Yeah. So, so the way reporter problem works is that if you use this and you, you know, type up a description, it will uh, give, give the support team a lot of information about your session and allow us to uh, basically like go into whatever uh you know build was giving you issues and kind of uh do a deeper dive into what was going wrong why it was going wrong that is ultimately like how we fix bugs um you know messages in like discord support are great but you know it's it's really hard for us you know when somebody with a uh with a uh you know id name says hey you know my builds aren't finishing and i can't upload my lineups uh that that you know we 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 see it but we don't have that much information and it is very hard for us to troubleshoot when you use the reporter problem link uh we get a lot more information you know this is linked to your uh account so you know we can see who sent it in and uh gives us a little more information and 
helps us to troubleshoot it further. So if you guys are having problems, you know, a report of problem link is the most helpful for us. Uh, you can always post in the Discord. I think that, you know, only a our, our support team is, is only so big. And the entire, you know, Saberson team is in Discord. So that's why kind of posting in both is good. Um, if you post it in the Discord, you know, anybody on the Saberson team can see that. Uh, on the support side, you know, there are a uh, handful of us who are like con constantly managing support. So definitely good to do both, I think is fine. Um will only help you get a response faster, but the reporter problem is like the best for troubleshooting. So just some notes on, uh, you know, how, how to get out of a pinch and how to best help us so we can help you. But good question there, William. So, all right. Um, you know, not a lot of questions today. Uh, got to do a little bit of an injury deep dive and show you guys, you know, how I kind of try and understand the context of a slate and then uh, compare that to what we are seeing in a test build. I think it's totally okay uh, to, you know, not do that much of a deep dive and kind of just trust Sabersim. I think that, you know, everything that we saw and walked through in the injury analysis was very reflective of how Sabersim is interpreting the slate, and it all made sense, right? Definitely okay to trust Sabersim. It's going to be right uh, more often than, than it's wrong. I think that you know if you are um looking to be more advanced in your dfs process that's a way to kind of figure out you know where the late swap is going to come from um you know who might end up playing more and you can kind of figure out different ways to plan for that and and think about those scenarios so glad we were able to do a little bit of an nba preview tonight hope all of you who uh are playing nba uh got something out of that and good luck in all of your contests tonight. We'll be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, as always, for our Thursday show. Got some NFL tomorrow, so it should be a little more to talk about. But until then, I will see you guys.